Welcome to the St. Patrick Catholic Community Podcast in Scottsdale, Arizona. I'm Kevin, and that is Scott. Okay, we got that out of the way. Good. We practiced that for hours, so I think we're doing pretty well so far. What we'd like to talk to you tonight about is our young people, is you as adults, is Christian formation, and forming our lives and our hearts to Jesus Christ in a very deep and intimate way. Our goal in our youth ministry programs, our goal in all of our formation programs, is for our young people to have a foundation in their life. And that foundation is Jesus Christ, that they see themselves as a child of God. The problem is, though, what we see in our experience, research as well, is that gets flipped around, is they see themselves as so many other things other than a child of God in their life. And so when different things get in the way, different tragedies happen, our kids fall apart. There's so many obstacles, there's so many things going on in our young people's lives that they have a difficult time seeing themselves as a child of God. They have a difficult time recognizing that they can have a personal, intimate relationship with Jesus Christ, that they can feel loved by Jesus Christ. And a recent study, I don't know if you saw this in the news, but a recent study about middle school youth says this is the suicide rate in middle school youth, that is 6th, 7th, and 8th grade, is up, and it's up dramatically. High school girls, the suicide rate right now for high school girls is at a 42-year high. It hasn't been this high since 1975 that our middle school youth Our high school girls are killing themselves at alarming rates. And so researchers have gone and looked at this, and they've asked, what's going on? They've asked kids, what's going on? And three factors are happening. Kids are saying what's what's messing them up is the pressure of school to take those AP and honors classes when maybe they shouldn't be in it, to get into the it school, the right school. They say they have too many activities going on in their lives. And they basically can't get any sleep. And then the last one they said that's causing so much angst in their life is social media. Now for us as adults, if we were bullied at school, that ended at 3 o'clock when the bell rang. Today, it goes 24-7. They can't get relief from it. And so this is our young people. We thought we were doing pretty well with them. But in reality, we're not except if they see themselves as a child of God. So our middle schoolers and our high schoolers especially, they're juggling this digital calendar. And it's crazy what they're trying to do because a lot of times they're waking up at maybe 5.30 a.m. and they have practice before, they have club sports, they have things even before school. And then they have a seven-hour school day. After that, they have other extracurricular activities, sometimes sports, and those go for several hours. Some of our... Teenagers work on top of that. And so with all of this combined, I was talking to a girl, and she goes, yep, that's my reality. I said, what time do you get home? She goes, about 9 p.m. She goes, then I have about two to four hours worth of homework after that. (laughs) Are you kidding? You know what would happen if I got about four hours sleep a night? I would would look like Kevin, probably. So (laughs) that's... uh, Scott, Scott, I have a question. Would that mean you'd have more hair then? No, no, it wouldn't. No, it wouldn't. That part wasn't practiced. Okay, go. <laughs> but here's the reality. Here's the reality. 
See, our kids are so wrapped up in what they do, and they're finding their identity in what they do, instead of the essence of who they are. They're, they're a dancer, they're a student, they're a, um, you know, athlete. They're all these different things. But the problem is, if they're not a child of God first, and everything else is flowing from that, then it gets mixed up. I had a kid that came into my office not too long ago, and he was a basketball player, and that is how he identified himself, as a basketball player. And this guy, he played basketball all through grade school, all through middle school. He came into my office. He did not make the basketball team. He wasn't just disappointed. He was devastated. He did not know how to function because all of his friends, everybody looked at him and said, he is a basketball player. How do we deal with that, we make sure that first and foremost, our identity is in the right place. And if we see ourselves as a child of God, with everything else flowing from that, it changes everything. Because our relationship with Christ changes everything. So I've been doing youth ministry almost 40 years. I literally started as a teenager when I was 19 years old as a core member at my home parish of St. Jerome's in Phoenix. In all the years I've done youth ministry, I've always believed in my gut. And I think that's why I continue to do it, is that I always felt like God was good for kids in their lives. Kids that I knew who were involved in church just seemed to do better in all aspects of their life. They just seemed to be healthier. I'm not saying their lives weren't perfect or anything like that, but they just seemed to be able to handle the struggles of life in a much better way. I just finished about 20 years of being a high school guidance counselor at Arcadia at a public school in the Scottsdale School District. And, you know, over a four-year period of time, you get to know these kids, and these kids will come in and talk to you. And hands down, the kids who told me who were, they were involved in church, they were, just much, they were just much happier kids. They were healthier kids. But I've always believed in this in my gut, but I had never anything to prove it until a few years ago, a couple books came out. And I'd like you to take a look at these two books. The first book is called Soul Searching. And what they did, this comes out of the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Dr. Christian Smith is a sociologist, and he did a study on the religious lives of American teenagers. The second book is called Sticky Faith. This comes out of the Fuller Institute of Pasadena, California. And all their research says, you name a social outcome that you care about, and kids who are involved in church do better in all aspects of their life. All aspects of their life. They have better relationships with their parents. They do better in school. They have better relationships with their brothers and sisters. They're less likely to be involved in sex, drugs, alcohol, anything like that. Now, I'm not saying their lives are perfect. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying the research says is that these kids are happier, they're holier, and they're healthier. Now, Scott just said, kids are involved in a million different activities. We add youth ministry, one more activity on that. Well, the research from these books also say is that when kids are involved in youth ministry programs, in formation programs, it's just not another activity for them. But because they're able to discuss the issues that they're going through, because they're able to encounter Jesus Christ, because they're able to find Jesus Christ as the foundation of their lives and see themselves as a child of God, they have more peace, they have more hope, they have more joy in their lives. 
So parents and grandparents, you are the first teachers of our children, right? We baptize them, and you are the first teachers of the faith. You are the domestic church at home. You are the small church within the larger church. And the studies also show that the apple does not fall far from the tree. What do I mean by this? Parents, in faith, when we want our kids to have great growing faith, they, we often get what we are. And that is challenging. And sometimes this is a really scary idea, probably for most of us. But I think what we need to do as parents is how do we move with intentionality? How do we make sure that we are laying the groundwork where our children are not just formed mentally, where we have the information, but they know the person of Jesus Christ. It's not just about the formation, but it's about the transformation. It's about these moments, these experiences where they get to know the person of Jesus Christ so intimately where it lights their faith on fire. That's what we're trying to do here at St. Patrick. Now, I am blessed because my beautiful wife and I, we have a 10-year-old, we have a 12-year-old, and we have a 14-year-old child. And we've made a lot of stupid parenting mistakes in our days. And mostly my wife would probably say, well, you've made a lot of stupid And she's right. She's right. I probably have. But with this, we did one thing really well. My son was born on a Wednesday. And four days later on a Sunday, we were all at Mass together as a family. And we do not miss Mass. Do my kids come up to me and say, Dad, are we going to Mass today? It's Sunday. Are we going to Mass today? No. Why? Because it's who we are as Catholics. I have a fifth grader, and she is going to be in Stepping Stones, the fourth and fifth grade program. I have a seventh grader. She is going to be in the Edge, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade middle school. And now my son, God help us, he's going to be in Life Teen with me. <laughs> and with that, do my kids ask me when it's time for those faith formation programs and they roll around, do they say, hey, Dad, are we going to faith formation? No. Why? Because it's who we are. Because it's their identity and they know their identity because we've drilled it in them. And we do not opt out of our main identity. And if our main identity is a child of God, if our main identity is rooted in Jesus Christ, we don't opt out of Jesus. It's who we are. The Bagshaws, we're here. It's who we are. And yeah, we're drinking the Kool-Aid. I mean, my wife and I both work here full time. I get it. You know, it's not always easy. And some of you may come from parents, you may come from homes that are divorced. You may come home from homes that you have one parent that is for the faith and you have one parent that is not for the faith. Guess what? We are here to partner with you. You are not alone in this. We want to walk with you. We want to walk with your children because that is what this community is about. So there's a book out called Forming Intentional Disciples. It's by Sherry Waddell. It's more research that's been done on the spiritual lives of young people. And I want you to take a look at the screens, wherever's closest to you. There's four factors, whether our kids will remain Catholic or not, whether they'll remain religious or not. The first one is highly religious parents. 
That means, parents, you make a weekly commitment to going to Sunday liturgy. No ifs, ands, or buts. As Scott said, it's part of your identity. It's who you are as a child of God, and you don't opt out out of that. Do our kids catch us in prayer? Do our kids see us trying to pray? Do our kids see us reading and opening up the Bible and reading sacred scripture and seeing how that applies to our lives? Do our kids know that maybe after work we stop by the Blessed Sacrament Chapel after a busy day and spend some quiet time reflecting in the presence of Jesus Christ? Highly religious parents. The next one is the four factors whether our kids remain Catholic or not are non-parental religious adults. Father Eric just dismissed at the beginning of, of this liturgy the children and children's liturgy of the word. And who were they surrounded by? They were surrounded by, not by their parents, but they were surrounded by non-parental religious adults who were willing to live out and share their faith. We have hundreds of people, non-parental religious adults in our programs through Stepping Stones, through The Edge, through Life Teen, through Catechesis of the Good Shepherd, who are willing to minister to your young people, that you as the domestic church, we as the greater church of St. Patrick's, we are here for your young people to reach out to them. The third factor is varied religious experiences. This is opportunities for young, your young people to experience the life-giving presence of Jesus Christ in their lives. That means that they go on retreat, that they have an opportunity to go on retreat, that they have an opportunity to spend time in prayer, that they go on mission trips, that they have time to spend in front of the Blessed Sacrament. This past June, we went up to Payson for Edge Camp. There was 170 of us, 6th, 7th, and 8th graders, 140 kids. It almost killed me, but I'm still breathing. But let me tell you, what was so powerful by that is we had Eucharistic adoration. Now, some people will say middle school kids, they have an attention span of a fly. Well, let me tell you, our kids are craving quiet. Our kids are craving stillness. Our kids are craving Jesus Christ. And we did Eucharistic adoration for 30 minutes, and the kids sat in stillness in front of the Blessed Sacrament on the altar, experiencing Jesus Christ. And what was so incredible at the end of the four days was to watch these middle school kids, these 6th, 7th, and 8th graders, fall deeper in love with Jesus Christ. And so when our kids have those mountaintop experiences, they will be transformed. And the fourth and final one of whether our kids are going to remain Catholic or not is frequent youth ministry attendance. That means our kids are coming to ministry programs like Stepping Stones, like The Edge on Monday nights, like Life Teen on Sunday nights, Children's Liturgy of the Word, whatever ministry program they're in, and we're not opting out, but they're experiencing that on their level. The reason why... These are so important is for several reasons. But here's a couple other stats. There's a study done that said 80% of college sophomores will walk away from the faith. 80% of college sophomores means they will not be attending Mass on Sunday. They will not continue to foster a personal prayer life. There's another stat that said the same 80% by the age of 23 will completely leave the faith completely leave the faith, not even really identify as Catholics. Here's what this list does. These four things, and let's just go ahead and take out the first one, highly religious parents. And some of you are like, I'm not a highly religious parent. Well, you're hearing my voice right now, so you're at least a mildly religious parent. But let's look at the last three things. The last three things here, what this does is it flips these stats on their head, which is a beautiful thing, because it says that if these 
three things are in place in a child's life growing up, then by the time that they are in their mid-20s, they will emerge a highly religious Catholic. Wow. Guess what we're doing here at St. Patrick's? Guess what Father Eric has invested in so much of making sure that the youth of this parish are ministered to, loved well, and have opportunities for all of these things. But it's a community effort. It takes all of us. And we all must move where God is calling us to move. So community, I invite you to continue to move. By the essence of you being here, by you being in liturgy, which is a public work done in the service of others, you are serving your fellow brothers and sisters. The Vatican II documents say that we are calling to do full, conscious, active participation. And if we are doing that and we are praying and we are here and we are praying well, don't think our teens don't notice. Don't think our young people are not aware of that. And in that way, we are ministering to them well. So thank you for that. How are you growing in your own personal journey? Please pray for us. Pray for the youth programs. Pray for the youth. Pray for the parents. Pray for your pastor. Pray for us because we need the prayers. Next, parents. Parents, it's not an easy journey. I'm right in there with you, okay? But with this, parents and grandparents, it is so important that we are at Mass. If you're coming to Mass maybe twice a month, I challenge you, come to Mass every single week, every single Sunday. If you're doing that already, how are you going to up the ante? We need to take time in prayer to figure out where is God calling us to go deeper. And then with our middle school and high school youth specifically, it is so hard sometimes to walk through the doors of Fenland Hospitality Center. If you don't know anybody, you might be alone in this and you might be scared and there is an unknown, oh man, it'll freak you out. When I was a freshman in high school, I had a life teen program, one of the first life teen programs anywhere. And I was part of that life teen program, although I'd never went. Because I'm like, I'm not going to go. You know why? Because they're a cult. That's why. That's, that's what I think. And so I didn't go. And then my sophomore year, I screwed up something horrible. My mom said, you're grounded. Oh, guess what? There's a life teen retreat. Psh, you're going. That was my punishment. I'm going to go on a life teen retreat. Parents, I don't recommend this form of punishment. However, very effective. Now, did I walk out of that retreat holding a Bible in one hand and a rosary in the other and levitating towards my home? No. I was still a horrible pagan. But seeds were planted, and that's what we're doing in all of our youth ministry programs. They will have major conversion moments at certain times when they are ready to receive it, but seeds will continue to be planted. So, Teens, middle school youth, stop fighting your parents. If you're fighting your parents, you're like, I don't want to come. because Come. Give it a try. Come for a month. Come for two months. I guarantee you're going to meet some of the best friends that you thought you would never have. And your life will be changed dramatically. So my friends, how do we get our kids to move? How do we get them to move? that they see themselves as a child of God. That the foundation in their life is Jesus Christ and not everything else. And then maybe Jesus Christ. Well, parents, the first thing you have to do is make sure they're here. You cannot 
You cannot let them opt out of Jesus. You cannot let them opt out of their spiritual lives. St. Paul says we're called to fight the good fight. I watched at Arcadia kids opt out of school and their parents let them. I know none of you would ever allow your kid to do that. But why do you let them opt out of programs like Stepping Stones, Life Team, The Edge, and other formation programs? They need that solid foundation as a child of God. And let's be honest, some of you parents are going to have to say no to coaches. Coaches in club sports who are demanding that our middle school kids practice four and five and six times a week. I had a parent tell me a couple of years ago that they prayed for rain on Monday night so that their kid could go to the edge because they had gone to the coach and said they wanted their young person to be at the edge on Monday nights. The coach said, no way, they won't play. And so the parent prayed for rain on Monday night so that their child could go to the edge. I don't mean to say sound dramatic, but we're talking about your young people's eternal life. And I can tell you this, 20 or 30 years ago, your kids might have come back to the church if they weren't involved in formation programs. That ain't happening anymore. They're walking away, and they're walking away in droves. So whether you're the parent of a preschooler all the way up to a high schooler to a young adult, whether your child should be in Stepping Stones, Young Disciples, Catechesis of the Good Shepherd, Cloud, Children's Liturgy of the Word, Home Formation Packets, The Edge, Life Teen, or wherever. We want your young people to be here. And adults, we're not off the hook either. We have a responsibility to be formed as well. Trisha Hoyt offers some incredible, incredible formation opportunities to be involved in, to learn and to grow in your Catholic faith. You can turn to podcasts. Father Eric and I, in the summer, we recorded a seven-series podcast on the sacraments of the Catholic Church, each 20 minutes long. You can hook it up to your phone on Podbean, hook it up to your car, and you can listen to us as you go to work. Kind of St. Patrick's on the go. But it's a way to learn about your faith. And so I want you to know, your pastor back there He's committed to your young people. All of our formation programs are committed to your young people to give them that solid foundation of Jesus Christ in their lives. 